to the, the regulars as it is to the to visitors. Adrian, can you turn it on, please? Before I get started, I might pray. Father, we just ask that you be with us. Uh, there's nothing new in this message, but Lord, we want each of us to see who we are as a group, the backgrounds, the the differences that we've had. The, you know who we are, Lord, and a lot of us don't know the backgrounds of each other, and it affects the way we make decisions and how we interrelate with one another. So, Lord, I ask that you take the leading this morning as we go through this profile, as we go through the scriptures that you've led me to, to look at, and some of the scenarios, Lord, that we've gone through as a church, that you would take control, that you would help us become the people we need to be, and help us to truly love one another, which we've been talking about so much in recent times. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the first one is I want everyone to tell me their church background, denominational background. Okay, hang on. Brothers, put your hands up. Is your brethren background? Count those. How many we got? One, two, three, four, five. You got a way to put that up there, Adrian? Brethren. Anyway, there's five of those. Righto, Baptist. Well, I'll say mine till later. Mine's uh, <laughs> how, we, how many have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anybody over here? We have Burstos. Uh, Sally was raised Baptist. Tell me that. Put a dozen down. Uh, Prezies. Are you Prezies? You mean I'm the only Prezzy? Reformed? Tim? Put two down for it. Uh, anybody else? No denominations at all. House church. Pentecostal? How many Pentecostals have we got? Two? Three? Three? Yeah. Right. Uh, who else is there? Any Methodists? Three, I think. Oh, yeah, that's endless. There's over 3,000 different denominations, or claim to be. Sorry? Sorry? Roman Catholic? Yep. Did we have any Lutherans? One Lutheran? Two Lutherans? One. Two. Two Catholics. Sorry. You have to help me out. This is the interaction. Hey, I'm going to share mine in a minute, and you'll understand how difficult it is. Uh, what else is there? Uniting? Anglican? Two Anglicans? Uniting? Now, anybody know Andrew Somerville's background? House Church, I think he was uniting. <laughs> They're a big family. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Anyway, we've done that one enough. Let's move on to the next one. 
Okay, was your, was your ex church experience a positive or a negative one growing up? Well, now we'll get to that. Positive? How many positives? Yeah. Most of them? We'll say anybody strongly against their church experience growing up? No? No, I know. You can't cater for everything. Yeah, church splits. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, even dozen. And the burstos. And the summer veils. That doubles it. <laughs> uh, what was the negative? Yeah, okay. Now, how many have attended more than one denomination? Oh, look at all of you. <laughs> You're a real mixed bunch, aren't you? Just about. Just to give an example, I grew up in the Church of the Brethren in the U.S. to the age of eight. Then I spent 27 years in the church, uh, Prezi Church. Then we moved and we were part of the Baptist, Baptist, back to Prezi. Baptist Church of Christ for a year. Yeah, so anyway, we're a mixed bag. We learned to fellowship wherever people were friendly. Being in a, living in a lot of small country towns in northern New South Wales and Queensland. But uh, what else we got? So. Brethren, Baptists, Reformed. Okay, let's. Um, okay, how many? How many um, people grew up with both natural parents? Natural parents. Biological parents. Nope. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15. Right, what about the ones that were away? Tim would be. Tiff did. Andrew and Barbara are not. They didn't grow up with their... Is that right? They didn't grow up with their... Yeah, I don't know about Andrew. Okay. Um... Yeah, those of us who didn't grow up with natural parents. Biological. Isn't that the same? Yeah, we're not talking about IVF here. <laughs> yeah, okay, so there's probably half a dozen, yeah, five. Um, how many had a positive home life growing up? How many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 
11, where are you, dear? Yours is mixed. 12, 13, 14, I don't know, probably half of us. <coughs> what else have we got? Negative home life. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> then you got barbs, nine. There'd be at least ten. About ten. What else have we got? Next category. Okay. Well, you can tell from my accent where I'm from. Anybody else? We got my wife, we got Tiff, we got Barb, we're all Yanks. Uh, we got uh, Gabe, your, your father's from Argentina. A Kiwi. What else have we got? German? German, English? English. Oh, we got, we got some ancestry here, Chile. Okay. Sorry? Yep. Okay. Okay. Wow, there's more here than I realized. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, this is Adrian's contribution, white collar, blue collar management. <laughs> blue collar. Come on. You worked with your hands. Yeah, I was a blue-collar manager. Anybody? Any time in your life. Blue-collar. Are you in management? Did we get any answers? Adrian, you take that down. Yeah, that's a fair few of you IT fellas. That's all right. White collar, blue collar means you more did more manual type tradesmen, farmers. Okay. Okay, well you're different. Okay. Uh, what else have we got? Anybody been managers? Yeah, all the moms qualify for management. <laughs> right on, what else? Um, right on, we'll move on. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Education. People have gone through apprenticeships. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, right, we got a couple. Uh, every, high school? How many finished high school? Those who just went to high didn't did not go beyond high school. How is that? <laughs> right, uh, you're getting your education now. 
Um, higher education. How many of us have done higher education? Completed higher education. <laughs> Two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Adrian's eighteen. Oh yeah, we're we're over twenty, over half the congress. Sorry. Just high school. Add Tim to just high school. Righto. What else do we want to say there, Adrian? Oh wow, look at them all. One, two. The Valderamas would double it. One, two, three. Oh, summer veils. All of the summer veils. That add another eight there. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, right, uh, that's probably enough of that kind of, is there, a, Were there more questions? Oh, the no, nah, we won't go that far. So you can see that we're, well, how many were missionaries? Overseas missionaries. It's kind of a cultural thing. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll include you in it. Yeah, something like that. Right on. Who's lived overseas? Same people. Okay, that'll do. As you can see, we're kind of got a, a wide background this congregation this is us isn't there a show called this is us well this is Willowburn we're a mixed bag of different theological backgrounds different cultural backgrounds different education backgrounds and a lot of that has an impact on how we look at life it's, it all affects our worldview and I just want to look at some scriptures Look up Ephesians. Where is it? Ephesians 4. Because we are such a, a wide and varied group of people, I just feel like that if we want to thrive as a church, we need to work on our personal, interpersonal skills. And the Bible is full of interpersonal skills, what we should be doing. You would have touched on a lot of this probably at camp. You talked a lot about how we should love one another, how that should look practically. I want to look more towards the attitudes, what that looks like. Um, look up Ephesians 4, 1 through 7. Um, who's got that? Uh, ben, can you come record these on the whiteboard? Oh, just the main... Um, Themes, yeah. Who's got it? Okay, Gabe, go ahead. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So the things I get out of there are be humble, be gentle. Your, your version might read slightly different to Gabe's. Be patient. Bearing with one another. He's got that. Make every effort to keep the unity of peace, uh, the unity of the spirit through peace, the bond of peace, um, and grace. Love. Anything else there, guys? To love my brother is to show him grace, as God has called us, or has shown us to, to love my brothers to walk humbly, to love my brothers to be gentle with him, to love my brother is to bear his burdens, to love my brother is to be walk in unity with him, and so forth. I want you to personalize it. Let's look at the next one, um, Colossians 3:11. You want to read that out? Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if, uh, if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and all, over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as, mem oops, sorry. Since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through, uh, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay, what points did you, you get from those verses? How we should treat, our, treat one another? Yep. Compassionate? What else? Forgiveness. Love. Yep. Patience. Humility. Kindness. Gentleness. Bearing again with one another. That's what my version says. NIV. Anything else? We're building a list here, guys. You can see. Right, next one, Philippians 2, 1 through 8. Who's got that? Uh, uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 8. Who has that? So 
So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Okay, what can we add to our list from there? We have unity. Sorry. Humbleness again. What else? Love. Yeah, it tells us talks about don't one of these talks about don't deceive your one in spirit and purpose what do you reckon that means does that all mean that we agree on everything what does one in spirit and purpose mean Okay. Doing what God wants us to do, following His Spirit, extending His kingdom. Okay. Like minded, my Bible says. Like minded. Is that any different? So you put your brothers and sisters' needs before your own. And one of them talks about uh, honoring your brother, lifting him up. Okay, let's go on to the next one. First uh, Peter 4, 7 through 11. Who's got that one? Have you got a Ruth? Soon? Four, seven through 11. You got a mic? Thank 
Amen. All right. What can we add to our list? Did you say be alert? Yep. Is that being clear? What's your... What's your version? Okay. Do you want to read it out? Oh, no, you didn't want to read. Um, okay. Mine says clear-minded and self-controlled. That's the NIV. And sober mind. Okay. Love comes into it again. Offer hospitality. No grumbling. All of us grumble. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, mine says, use your gifts to serve others. So don't hold back on your gifts. If God has given you gifts, you should be using them to bless the body of Christ. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. What do you reckon that means? Ministering God's grace in various forms. I just said using what God's given you to glorify him. Okay. When you speak and serve, let God be glorified in all that you do. Right. So have a look at Galatians 5, 22. Many of you will know what that is. Galatians, Ephesians 5, 22. Who's got that one? Thank you, Ruth. list. These are the letters that Paul wrote from prison to his churches. Most to some of the churches. And in it, a lot of these are the fruit of the Spirit. He's added a few extras, but you can find the fruit of the Spirit in each of those letters. And this is what we are to be with our brothers and sisters. 
And I just want to raise a, a couple of things that have come up in our past, and we're going through it in, right at the moment. And one is that a year or two ago, we had some people came into our church. And there was another lady that prayed for them. And I was there praying with this person as well, praying along with them. And then I saw nothing wrong with it. This person had a different background to what we're used to. But the prayer was terrific. But then she proceeded to counsel someone afterwards, the same person that she was praying for, encouraging her to stand on the word of God and to believe what she just received. And that person that got prayed for was offended. And she was overheard talking to someone else. And that conversation was overheard by another third party. And that led to something else. The next thing you know, that person used it as an excuse to leave the church because we, they thought we ble uh, believed in such a way. Now, the issue I had with it all was not the prayer, not was what was said, but the way it was talked about afterwards. Now, if someone comes to you, say a Pentecostal comes to you, Luke, prays in a certain way, and you take offense, and you went and talked to Ben, is that right? What should you do? Exactly. Exactly. You show grace and say, thank you for praying for me. I appreciate it. Regardless of the after bit, show a bit of grace. We're not all going to agree. You've seen our backgrounds. We're not all going to agree on how things are to be worked out in practice. The main thing is that this person had a heart for somebody's need. She needed healing. She prayed for it. But they took exception to the way it was done and talked about it to somebody else. And that was overheard and that had consequences. So what I'm saying to you is show grace to one another. We're all at different spiritual levels. None of us has reached full maturity. We're all on a journey together. Allow people to grow in the Lord. If they're not convicted of what you're convicted of, the way it should be, give them grace that the Holy Spirit may speak into their lives and teach them over time. We tend to want to put our experience on people. We tend to want to say, you should be here, but they don't hear it yet. The Holy Spirit has to speak into their lives. and bring. But you want to encourage them. You want to bring them along on the journey. Now, the next one is we've been talking a little bit about the, the leadership, about uh, maybe having women coordinate. It hasn't sparked. It hasn't come from the women themselves. We've been talking about it because we all work. Some guys, they overloaded. And it would be good to have a little bit of help. And there's a lot of talented ladies out here that are really gifted, that are really on fire for the Lord. And we thought, hmm, 
should we address this situation? Now, I don't want to debate the issue. That's not the point. The point is I've had two different responses when I canvassed people. The first one was, oh, no, that will lead to bad things that, you know, will just stir up problems and all that. The second response was, oh, I'll have to relook at the scriptures of that. I'm not quite sure. But, you know, I'll dig into it again and see for myself. Now, we all come with biases. We all come from our different backgrounds. What do you believe? Do you believe something that your parents gave you growing up? Have you taken on their belief system? Is it what your denomination has pushed? Every denomination has a specific thing that they push more than others. Is it something that you have found out from the scriptures yourself? And all I'm saying is that we need to take on the attitude of, like the Bereans. They were famous for getting into the scriptures and finding out for themselves and uh, making up their own minds, letting the Lord's uh, lead them through the scriptures. And that's all I'm asking you guys to do. In any situation that we bring up, whether we go through the Baptist Union and join that, whether we talk about having women take some part in the service, or whatever the issue is, get into the scriptures yourself. Do not take on attitudes and biases that you grew up with, because it could be wrong. Daniel, would you please read 1 Corinthians 15? Uh, yeah, so 1 Corinthians 15, starting from verse 1, just a few passages about what's most important. Paul's writing, he says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word that was preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, the gospel, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, to the twelve, and over 500 of his brothers and sisters at the same time. This is the gospel. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and he was raised on the third day. Amen. That's what we rally around. It's Jesus Christ. This is our call. To love the Lord your God with all your heart. And to love your neighbor as yourself and follow the gospel, which is simple. So simple that even a child can understand it. Everything else is man's opinions. They're important, but man's opinions, man's interpretation. And we have to hold them loosely. It's the attitude behind it. You may be right in what you believe, but allow people to challenge that allow people to get into the scriptures with you and see what the scriptures say. Now we've had the third one I want to talk about is someone in our congregation has been called prickly in his use of the scriptures. That may be so, but you need to understand the background of this person. Why he's like that. 
He has a real heart for you. He does not want you to fall into the temptations or open doors that he has seen people in Teen Challenge fall into. It comes from a, a love for the brethren, but the acceptance of who he is and how he approaches life's um, issues you find prickly. And so I would ask that you would extend grace. Understanding where he's come from, understanding his background, understanding who he's dealt with, understanding why he has to come across harsh at times because in his situation it has to be black and white. And I would ask that you would extend the same grace to each and every one of us. Grace to those who feel being attacked. Grace to those who feel, those who are a bit harsh, extend grace to others, knowing that they're not at the same spiritual level that you might be. They're still learning. They're still infants in the word, in the relationship with the Lord. Guys, I love you all. You're the best church I've ever been a part of. And I feel like family here. And I just feel like <clears throat> we could remain as we are. Or I just feel like if we're going to really thrive as a congregation, then we're going to have to put these into practice more than we are at the moment. God has brought a lot of people across our lives. They have come, some have stayed, some have gone, some have been hurt. We've seen marriages restored. We've seen people healed. We've seen issues that really hurt us. But I just want you to exercise the fruit of the Spirit, me too, it's easy to judge. It's easy to grumble. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they participating? We as leaders do the same thing. We grumble. We wish people, more people were getting involved. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in each other's life. Anyway, anybody want to add anything? I just really wanted to thank Rick for his wisdom today and um, just showing us, well, just, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you look at that mind map, okay, and I've been involved in a lot of different church cultures pretty much since I was a baby, you know, ranging from overseas to here to many different uh, denominational backgrounds, and I've seen church splits and seen conflict and seen all those things and and i've just had this revelation rick because of what you've just done here so and i just want to share it with you and then and i just want to finish off with romans 15 before we go to communion but if you look up on on the board here okay and you think about conflict and and just even imagine now a, a conflict like bring it from your memory banks to your mind and just imagine what whatever well don't even imagine just recall what that conflict perhaps in a church was about and what I've seen here in my own experience is that oftentimes it's because someone is against something, they're against a particular 
doctrine or they're against a particular denominational practice or they're against someone's attitude or they're against someone's um, you know, maybe bad attitude as you've assessed it, okay? But it's always against something. And if you look on the right, that's what you're against. You're against something there, okay? Now, we've gone through, what was it, four scriptural passages, and we've drawn out these key words here. Um, like, let me, just, let me just put this to you when you think of that conflict situation, okay? If we had been in a church conflict for these things, if we had made every effort like in that first passage to me to make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit well that means that you're going until you break kind of thing you know in a gym if you make every effort if you go until you can't go anymore your muscles are literally failing because you've pushed so hard and i just i'm ashamed of myself in a way because i realize many times i have not pushed until failure we give up way too easily and we move to another church or we move to another context because we think oh we're going to find something better and we never do we do for a while maybe but just think about this in that conflict situation whatever it was these are all fruit in one way or another of the holy spirit humility imagine that in conflict gentleness faithfulness that means depending on god patience one-mindedness like trying to see the other person's mind love grace compassion if, if we are for these things imagine this church will be so powerful kindness forgiveness meekness that isn't weakness that's constrained power it's when a big burly bloke with big muscles looks after his wife that's what meekness is with that power that he's been given to protect and so forth that's just one example honor no conceit others above self charity hospitality being alert alert to deceit self-controlled grumble free giftedness to serve ministering god's grace imagine imagine that in this church we would truly have the fellowship of the burning heart and i've got no doubt in my mind whatsoever that that is where god wants us to go and to be and i'm not saying it's going to happen overnight but that's what we're about that's what we're for and that actually means we'll spend more time in humility gentleness faithfulness patience etc exploring the doctrines of god and how they relate and taking them seriously because these are the doctrines of god on the left here and if only we were for them so much more anyway so thank you rick so much for that i just wanted to read this we who are strong and don't be fooled if you think you're strong right now that doesn't mean you'll be strong in a week who here is strong consistently that's why we need each other and this is saying for when you are strong then we ought to bear with the failings of the weak and we shouldn't please ourselves each of us should please their neighbor for their good to build them up for even christ didn't please himself but as it is written the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me and so the whole idea there is that we support one another bear with one another one another's weaknesses so that we do what christ did we just emulate what Christ did and we use his power and strength in us to do that. So again, thank you, Ricky. You know, I was going to add a few more things on the right, like long-term illnesses, um, depression, anxiety, fear, loneliness. We are really a mixed group. Think about that. If you don't feel like serving up front, that's fine. 
but there are a lot of places in the church where you can. You can go visit those who have lost loved ones, those who are lonely, don't have partners, don't have wives or husbands. Be a minister to them. Minister the love of God and show that you care through our actions. Our actions speak more, more loudly than our words. So anyway, that's all I have to say.